The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast. Man, it has been a busy week. My name's Chris Off and we have Marty F and Day over there. Hello! Um, hi, so Martin, Bocephus, Bartholomew, um, Bojangles, Day. I didn't we know have, I had so many middle initials. Who knew? I know it's a lot of Bs. Um, so, there's one thing uh, that we need to get off uh, of our chests right at the beginning of this show. It was been a very busy week in the world of pro wrestling incredibly busy week in the world of pro wrestling so much stuff has happened but really the only thing that deserves to be spoken of right off the top of the show here yeah is um a match for the ages two people Mm -hmm. at the top of their games squaring Mm -hmm. off one-on-one in front of a crowd uh uncountable in person and however many more online watching this amazing battle uh and of course obviously we know who we're talking about we're talking about the one and only kenny omega Mm -hmm. and xavier woods exactly battling a street fighter today at the yeah (laughs) (laughs) live at e3 throwdown no one thought was possible the elite, the the elite, and the new day together on one together stage. on one stage. Uh, did you watch any of it? Uh, I I've caught bits and pieces thanks to the magic of social media. I haven't okay. watched the whole thing yet. I I know that uh, in terms of uh, the teams battling, uh, New Day took it uh, two to one, uh, but then uh, uh, Xavier and Omega went one on one, and Omega won that. Right. So. <clears throat> I got off work a little bit early today. Oh, nice. Which was very nice. So I, I made it home just in time. And as I was taking my post um, work poop, I was mm-hmm. scrolling through, um, you know, the Twitters and I saw the feed live, like happening now, main event, Kenny yeah. Omega, Austin Creed, Street Fighter, whatever number they're on. Five. Um, five. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and, and it was just beginning. I'm like, okay, sweet. This is too sweet. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I start sweet. watching it. Yes. Or yeah, one sweet. Don't want to get sued here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I start watching it, and this thing had to be a work. It had to be a work. <laughs> like there's, there's, 
there's no doubt. There's not a not not a single iota of doubt in my mind that this thing was a work because uh, Creed Woods, uh, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed went up to zip. Now yeah. this is they're they're doing the first to five, and these mm -hmm. are three round fights, or you know whoever gets two rounds first in each round. Yeah. So you had to get five um, complete wins, victories there. So. Uh, uh, they stuck with the same fighters for every single bout. It was mm -hmm. Ibuki, I think, for um, Xavier Woods mm -hmm. and Kenny Omega used Cody, of which course I did. thought was just of course mm -hmm. he did. chef yeah. kiss touch there for yeah. Omega. So Woods goes up two victories to none. Mm -hmm. Okay, then Omega comes back two victories each. Yep. Then. Uh, then what happened? Then um, Woods won, and then uh, uh, Omega won. Then mm -hmm. Omega won again. So yeah. then it was four to three, Omega to Woods. Uh, yeah. And then Omega picks up the fifth uh, victory. It was a million percent of work because you. I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, look, I, I don't. I'm not like a, a scholar of video games by any means, but I can tell when somebody is blocking uh, a fair amount more than going for offense to maybe sure, let sure. somebody else get a turtling little more offense in there. That's what they call it. Yeah. Uh, what are they calling it? Turtling. That's turtling? Yeah, yeah the, exactly. When, yeah. when someone in a fighting game just stays in a corner blocking, they're turtling. Okay, all right. See, there yeah. you go. You know the nomenclature, and I'm not so familiar. Uh, but you know what? I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker, dude. I was I was sucked <laughs> into it because they, they built the drama. They were cutting promos on each other in between the bouts. Oh, uh, yeah. The Young Bucks super kicked one of the hosts off the stage. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a wonderful uh, extravaganza. And they added the, the caveats of the loser, the losing team, had to eat uh, habanero peppers. Yeah. So uh, Omega won, gloating his ass off, cheering. Everybody was super into it. Woods eats two um, habaneros because he took one for his team because he felt bad that he let um, Big E and Kofi down. So he yeah. ate two, and as he was about to eat the three, Omega stopped him, and Omega said, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> I, can, I can fight. I can play fighting games better than you. I can wrestle better than you, and I can eat better than you. Those were his like, exact words, and then he just downed. <laughs> Uh, a habanero and it, you can yeah. tell it affected kenny omega's uh soft canadian palate a lot more <laughs> than xavier woods is um so then you know once all the the pomp and circumstance was over both guys mm -hmm. actually cut really nice um uh, and like just uh, appreciative and meaningful promos about how this this day has been uh four three or four years in the making yeah when, when Woods, you know, as he said, slid into Kenny's DMs asking about maybe one day doing some kind of video game thing. So not only um, did it happen, but it was heavily promoted by the WWE. Very surreal. Very, very weird, especially this week of all weeks. Yeah. Uh, for Kenny Omega and and the Young Bucks to be all over the WWE social media. I mean, uh, everyone did point out online that they were described as independent wrestlers. Yeah. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, although I think in a later promotion, it did mention that they were uh, respectively the IWGP heavyweight champion and IWGP heavyweight tag champions. Yeah. Dominion spoilers for you there. Yeah, well, if you haven't heard uh, that now. Exactly. Um, I, I think it's very, very cool that these guys are using the platform that they have 
to promote something they love. It's very clear from above down down that Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, super into video games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he he and the rest of the New Day were at AwesomeCon in DC earlier this year, and Xavier Woods was basically just you know, showing off in the video game tournaments when they yeah. weren't, you know, having to do Q and a and autographs and all the other things that come with being a guest at, at a show like that. Right. Um, Kenny Omega, very passionate about video games actually is in a commercial for uh, the most recent update for street fighter. Um, so is that where he got V trigger from, from street fighter? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. I mean, he's had video game references in his gear, in his moves, one winged angel, his finisher is named after, uh, uh, a nickname for one of the villains in the Final Fantasy series. Oh, um, okay, I did not know. Or one of the songs from the Final Fantasy soundtrack, something like that. Okay. And basically, his career has been filled with video game references. Right, right, right. Uh, up until this point, uh, you know, if there's anyone who is designed to have uh, a career go well in Japan, it, it's Kenny Omega because yeah. he is a super nerd. Uh, and no more obvious was that this week than when WWE, I don't know if you caught this, uh, they uploaded a uh -huh. new collection of hidden gems yep. and had a 2006 promo from a short deep, and curly, deep yeah, deep South wrestling, short and curly Kenny Omega cutting a real cheesy ass promo <laughs> before the most obvious and boring of TV matches. But Hey, Kenny Omega is on the WWE network right now. Yeah, it, Unreal. It's, it's it's really uh, quite a thing to see. Um, and, you know, you got to think about it from a, a business point of view. And if I'm the WWE, sure, yeah, I'm going to get behind this thing. I'm going to get in the good favor of these guys who are always saying, no, we're never going to come to WWE. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, yeah, you guys want to do this thing with our guys? Yeah, sure, not a problem. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll make sure everything looks great. So um, kudos to everybody involved because it was it was a fun event. You know, yeah. the stream um, during that main event of uh, of Wood and Omega, it got up to over uh, four thousand people watching. Um, Considering that one time, it was just streaming on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one p.m. Central, four p.m. Eastern. So, yeah. uh, so that's uh, that was pretty good. And I, you know, I, I knew it was happening. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even expecting to watch it when I got home from work early. I was like, oh shit, this is awesome, yeah. perfect timing. Um, so. You know, it's 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 a good thing, and I'm happy for it. I'm sure you know somewhere down the line, maybe this will help. Um, uh, you know, uh, ease some tensions and get some uh, some people to sign with the big federation. My only thing, and maybe this will happen at a later in uh, installment of this thing, is AJ Styles is kind of the common ground between mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. WWE and the Elite Bullet Club, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Styles is also a super big video game dork. That so is. I feel like he kind of has to insert himself. Well, hello there into this uh, golden lover triangle. Well, hello there. Hello there. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe that's something for down the wheel, but I really, I, uh, you know, uh, it was a missed opportunity if they're not going to capitalize on it at some point with AJ Styles. I feel like this isn't the end of yeah. Kenny Omega and Austin Creed working together, uh, especially in a video game related context. You know, they, they've had some one on one uh, Street Fighter battles at different video game tournaments. Uh, th this is clearly a passion for both of them to the point where Kenny Omega is literally booking at the end of this month, a new Japan show at yeah. a video game tournament. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's really cool to see these guys 
embracing the things they love and using the platform they have to mm -hmm. uh, to promote them. I mean, uh, another guy we're going to talk about later in the show, CM Punk did the same with writing comics for Marvel. He was writing yeah. the Drax series for a while and, and, and so on. I think he just did like, uh, uh, what's his name? Shang-Chi or, or whatever the, the martial arts character who isn't Iron Fist is named. <laughs> he did like a one-off special with him okay. and, all right. and all that. So, you know, these guys are, are using their notoriety, their fame to put a spotlight on the things they love and enjoy. And I think that's great. I think that's what, well, everyone with that level of, of spotlight should do. Yeah. Uh, so we left off here with the Rough House podcast last Saturday. And since then, it has been an insane week of wrestling, which is just rolling on into more and more wrestling. So let's yeah. let's get let's get to it chronologically. I think that's okay. the best way to do it because uh, we get to kick off with something I'm super excited about. And we would then get to end with something you're super excited yes, about. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm going to say right now, if you're wondering right now what our picks for Money in the Bank and TakeOver are, there's a place you can get them. It's called our Patreon. That's Check right. out the Patreon. Uh, the, the exclusive episode this week, we're going to break down both pay-per-view events coming this weekend from the WWE. We'll give you our takes on what we think is going to happen, and then we'll be back next week to tell you what we thought of what actually did happen. Yeah, but too much other stuff happened outside yeah. of WWE, and Raw and SmackDown were just really, you know, very mostly boring go-home shows. So, you know, Dominion and the Punk stuff and um, Lucha Underground returning, obviously, for me, uh, is, is a little more pressing and uh, important at this time. So, uh, patreon.com slash the rough house podcast if you don't already know and if you have subscribed to the patreon and you're still at the one dollar um uh rate that's not going to get you the the episode anymore the the episodes yeah. are now two dollars and you we have appreciate to the support yeah we appreciate you, the support if you want to keep it out of buck that's fine we'll I'll, you know we'll uh, accept your dollar every month but if you want the episode you gotta you gotta up it to two and go and you have to select the option and i'm not sure a lot of people um who are are pledging their money have selected uh, an option to fit their tier. So make sure if you are a Patreon member that you have the select tier um, selected for your um, uh, patronage. And we do appreciate everybody. Uh, we've put up, um, I put up all my Lucha Underground interviews. We can talk about that later on, but they're all mm -hmm. up on the Patreon as well, as well as our Rough House redo that we did last week with yeah. the uh, Punk and Cena match back from Money in the Bank 2011. So that's on there as well. So that, all that will happen on the Patreon. But for now, uh, I guess chronologically for starting, we have to go back to uh, 6 9 Dominion, huh? Yeah, yeah. Saturday morning, all our time, Saturday night, Japan time. Uh, good Lord, what a show. Uh, I, I'm... I recognize on this show, I'm I'm the new Japan mark of the two of us. Oh, you're, you're converting I, somebody over here. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm very intrigued to to see what you thought of the show through your eyes. Uh, I I know I had told you uh, very early on because it was a five and a half hour show. Yes. Uh, the opening matches, you can generally, generally skip them. Uh, and I did. And I'll blame you. You did catch, though, the, the tail end of uh, the the Suzuki-Goon uh, chaos tag, which yes. resulted in the Ishii-Suzuki throwdown, right. which was awesome and should lead to an awesome match. They just announced it. It's going to be happening in July in the UK shows that yeah. New Japan's doing. Um, but I think what you really started with and probably what most listeners of the show w would be interested in was uh, the heavyweight tag title match as the Young Bucks step up to the heavyweight division, taking on uh, LIJ of Evil and Sonata, who are coming in as champions. Yeah, um, I thought this was a really stellar performance from the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. <laughs> 
understandably are kind of criticized for being spotty. I, I don't mind spotty guys. Yeah, I, me I, I I'm, I'm a big fan of the flippy shit. If I'm I honest, you underground, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, for me, I'm also the type of guy that was looking forward more to Takahashi and Osprey than yeah. Omega and Okada, even though I love Omega and Okada, but the, you know, the flippy shit is more my jam. Right. That being said, the young bucks put in a really great, really dramatic storytelling performance uh, with you know, building off of some of the matches that have happened earlier this year with uh, uh, Matt Jackson's back being a problem, mm-hmm. Nick Jackson selling the foot on the super kick, just yeah. so so good. And Evil and Sonata proving they are a killer team. Can't wait to see them at the end of this month, uh, at Ring of Honor's Best of the World pay per view, yeah. which we're going to. But Chris, as as a guy watching them for the first time, probably first time you've seen the Bucks in a bit, uh, how are you feeling about it? I was I was uh, very impressed with both teams. Now this was really my first uh, I think my first matches uh, that I've seen with with Evil and Sonata. Um, so um, you know I'm 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 now and I don't know if this is the the trendy thing to say, but I'm all in on Lij. <laughs> Lij is badass and a half. Yeah. Everybody is is I, I love the I love the the gimmick. I love the ridiculous entrances. Um, you know it, it's so. So over the top and outstanding. So very Japanese, and obviously it's New Japan, but it just it just soaks in the Japan, and I just I yeah. I just love their um their love of cheesiness and, and just the disregard for for stuff like that. So, uh, but in terms of the, the match working, man, um, Evil and Sonata really put uh, put in put in the work there. Those guys, yeah. they were tossing the bucks around. They had, uh, there was a ton of awesome reversals um, and, and counters. It was well scouted um, as a match. Uh, you know, you'll see for tag teams. And like you said, the bucks, they get a ton of shit for, for not selling and not telling stories. They told a hell of a fucking story during this match and sold their asses off. Now I'm sure, uh, you know, Nick's foot probably hurt, you know, a little bit after kicking the, uh, the, the ring post. Right. Um, right. That became, part of the story in the match and how he wasn't you know able to fully plant uh for a super kick and get that off without it hurting and you know it affected their finishers they didn't uh if i recall correctly they didn't finish with the uh, melter driver they did uh the more bang for your buck which right uh, they haven't uh, been using as much recently so you know everything made sense and you know matt and his back uh it, it was it was it was really good in the you know just, I don't know. That that was it. It was just fucking great. I was all in on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I will say a, a lot of credit goes to the Bucks. I, I really wasn't sure how they would be taken in a heavyweight match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people do tend to, you know, graduate out of the junior heavyweight division, become heavyweight stars. Uh, Kenny Omega is a perfect example. Um, but I, I didn't know if the crowd was going to accept them at that level. And furthermore, I didn't know if the idea was going to be, okay, they, they have this match. They prove that they've become heavyweight guys, but they aren't champion material yet. But it was very believable. Uh, they, they are running back a rematch at the um, Cal Palace show uh, in the beginning of July in San Francisco. Uh, but I, very, very cool to see guys who have done 
anything and everything that can be done as yeah. a top junior heavyweight team graduate to the heavyweight style and the heavyweight team. Uh, well done performance by all four guys. Absolutely. I was uh, I was very impressed with, uh, you know, the way the Bucks, uh, you know, presented themselves in that era area. And, uh, you know, like I said, Evil and Sonata were uh, were really good. So we'll see a little bit more Evil later on. But um, but yeah, they were yeah. they were good. And it helped help sell me on Los Ingobernales de Japón. <laughs> well, then after that, uh, we got pretty much what you were looking forward to the most, uh, the Legends versus Bullet Club tag, as it was Hiro- uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Jushin Thunder Liger uh, against the team of Marty Scroll, Cody, and uh, Hangman, Hangman Page. Page. Yeah. yeah. Man, you know, I know the uh, the the Legends trios matches are kind of, you know, the fun bathroom breaky sort of, oh, these guys are out there and it's a fun match sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, hearing Liger's music hit, uh, just that that song just brings so much joy uh, <laughs> to me and hearing it in the big uh, dome or not dome, but the big uh, sumo hall or wherever they were. Yeah. Um, and everybody, everybody popped for it. And, you know, Mysterio coming out with, to a massive reception. And of course, Tanahashi is, is you know, a living legend uh, in his own right over there. So, yeah, the the super team, the super friends, uh, but they didn't come out on top. Usually, yeah. Uh, the the super friends usually usually win these things but you know if you're going to build some more heat for a uh, a bullet club and a cody Rhodes, then you know cody Rhodes pinning uh jushin liger in the middle of the ring will do that for you yeah uh knowing where we're going after this which was very clear by the end of the show cody going over uh ultimately a team of legends yeah uh was you know a, a brilliant spot for him there i really enjoyed the back and forth with marty squirrel and ray mysterio jr i i hope before Mysterio, uh, you know, bounces out of the Indies and the New Japan scene, yeah, uh, we get a chance to see those two go against each other because that was a lot of fun. I loved Ray's gear. Ray yeah. having the the crazy uh, lion mark face was yeah. really really cool. That was cool. Uh, and, and you know, just really getting to see a trio of Tanahashi, Liger, and Ray Mysterio was you know one of those trios you don't really expect to see outside of like a video game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And one thing that surprised me is they didn't do any callback to the Cody Mysterio feud uh, back right, from right. WWE. I was kind of hoping for, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Ray going for a 619 and then Cody, you know, doing the not again sort of thing. They didn't they didn't do anything like that. I guess, you know, they wanted to keep Cody a little more serious or or, or what not to do a, a comedy spot like that. Skrull did most of the comedy uh, for right. the BC in there. But uh, it was it was a fun match. I mean, I wasn't expecting a clinic, um, you know, the combined age of the of the oh, legends. Yeah. Yeah, uh, significantly higher than for the Bullet Club, but uh, it, it was fun. And in terms of the story they're telling and going forward, the right team probably won. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I do want to take a moment to give props at, to uh, Hangman Page, Adam Page. Um, I've never been super high up on him, but over the past few months, he's definitely come into his own as a worker and he looked good here. I thought he was just going to be the, the guy who eats the pin. Right. Yeah. Perfectly honest. And and instead he, he came out across as a relative equal with squirrel and Cody. So uh, props yeah. to him there. Uh, then it was just uh, three incredible matches back to back. Although I guess technically it was more like five incredible matches back to back. If you think sure. about it, yeah. Uh, it, the one I was looking forward to the most came next. Uh, uh, Hiromo Takahashi going against Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior Title. Takahashi's so dope. 
I love this guy so much. Dude, man. Wow. <laughs> and again, this was, you know, uh, a further uh, foot in my my foot in the door for LIJ. Because, yeah. uh, again, I didn't know much about Takahashi, Hiromu, um, and dude, like, blew my mind with his amazingness. And, you know, I'm familiar enough with Osprey to know, you know, what he's capable of. Sure. Uh, but, man, you know, just seeing him uh osprey just do these incredible feats of um agility and and acrobatics and just throwing all caution to the wind yeah the the, the running um forward uh flippy flipsy do onto uh takahashi yeah, off, the off, off the ramp was insane oh and props uh, to takahashi because it looked like osprey wasn't really going to make it yeah and takahashi totally shifted not in a way where you know it, it, it it's, yeah uh, but not in a way where it like shifted believability but it was one of those things where it's like oh you know what a great catch from yeah. takahashi um i, I really liked the story of the match which was basically that that osprey was willing to do anything and everything to keep the title like right. he he kind of knew in the back of his head that takahashi might be the guy because takahashi was just days removed from winning winning the best battle of the super juniors yeah. best of the super juniors yeah. um and I'm you know there. osprey very early on going to you know pull up the the mat on the outside yeah uh ultimately that 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 came back to uh to bite him uh towards the end of the match as it typically but, does yes uh, you know pro wrestling logic if you yeah. set something up it will be used against you yeah. um and and i will say this uh the what's it the sunset flip power bomb to the floor is unfortunately Ooh. a staple Oh. Of Hiromu's matches, uh, man. But uh, props to them, ten intentionally or unintentionally, the way that it landed in, in one of those moments that I always like to talk about, where something looks a little less planned and a little more real. Yeah, uh, they landed almost to the side onto that that padding, so yeah. it was not as bad as it could have been. Uh, it, it wasn't as bad as the Champa Gargano one from uh, no. Takeover New Orleans. That thud was was disturbing to hear. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like you said, he kind of landed um, a lot on the mat, and then um, Osprey, you know, fighting his way out of the triangles with those mm -hmm. uh, those crazy slams, and um, you know, uh, the just. I can't, I can't even remember all the big spots. There yeah, were so many. Uh, there, there, was a, there was a point where they were going back and forth with uh, reverse Ranas, yeah, which oh. was one of the craziest goddamn things I've ever seen. And they all landed. There A lot of times, <laughs> especially on 205 Live, those reverse yeah. Ranas don't really get the uh, the full rotation there. But every single one of them yeah. looked picture perfect. And Okada's too later on. Um, uh, and, and, of course, the, the finishing rush from Hiromu where yeah. – uh, he did, you know, did the DVD in the corner. He did the time bomb to finish him off. I mean, just such uh, an incredible run and it just a great match. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was dumbfounded. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot about the best part is when yes. um, Osprey was in the corner taking chops and he called Hiromu a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that. that, that that's the type of selling I like out of Will Osprey. Will Osprey tends to have like two phases of selling one is he swears at his opponent yeah. the other is he has like these blood curdling groans where he's uh -huh. just like did he legit injure himself permanently <laughs> and and i i would much rather he call someone a cunt than yes uh, you know i start wondering if i'm watching a man die streaming over the web it was spectacular uh, 
but yeah, great, great match. Uh, I'm sure Osprey will be back in the mix in the not too distant future. Yeah, heal yourself up, all. bud. That yeah. uh, that neck, uh, neck, and uh, the kinesio tape are all around the neck. But I kind of liked um, the story that was told with that. He came up all taped up, and with each maneuver, this crazy maneuver that he busted out, mm-hmm. the tape came off a little bit more. And then at the end, he kind of just came unglued it was it was a it, you know in, intentional or not it told uh, helped add to the the story of the match yeah yeah uh, I, again just a great match and and one that were i the type to throw stars at like that that's a five-star match for me that's that that for me is what i like right. in wrestling just two uh, we'll guys going stars. out there and, and and leaving it all uh <laughs> all on the mat and then uh holy shit uh yeah. chris jericho tetsuya naito uh what a fucking match that was. Yeah, a little bit of the ultra violence from a clockwork Jericho there. Oh my uh, god. I'm gonna get into Alice Cooper's face paint and um, I, I thought he was looking like old school vampiro. Like I, I didn't know if that's what he was going for there. But I that's I kind of took it as a clockwork orangey sort of thing. Um yeah. with the with the hat and uh, and and the eye thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he was going for, but man, Chris Jericho, he is just uh, beyond a legend at this point you know i was yeah. talking about this um with justin the other day our, our dear uh rough house departed justin we were at a, a party on saturday night uh watching the ufc thing which we'll also get into mm-hmm. and i asked him about chris jericho i said is there anybody um who could say that chris jericho does not belong on a mount rushmore of pro wrestling right, right now um and he, he he agreed and i think you know uh, there, there is, there's so many reasons for him to be up there and not as many for other people to be up there because yeah. nobody has really had so many different, very successful phases of their careers. You talk about character work, in ring work, promo work, um, appearance, everything, uh, the, the total package is, uh, not Lex Luthor. It is uh, not Luthor. Luger. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's the man who hunts Metropolis. Uh, but no, um, it's it's Chris Jericho, and yeah. continuing to do so in his mid to late forties, winning a tenth Intercontinental Championship. This one uh, from a different uh, uh, organization. Right, right. Uh, fu- funny thing, uh, I w- I was watching that match back earlier today. And they, they have, you know, the video promo before it and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And they actually, uh, in the the hype video, cut out his reference to 10 titles. They, oh. uh, I, I thought that was weird. I don't know if okay. somebody got fussy either at New Japan or uh, huh. at WWE, but somebody got fussy. Anyway, you look at it. It was this incredible brawl. Yeah. Uh, wh- one of the things that's really interesting is, uh, so the show was in Osaka. And this is... Uh, a type of regionality I haven't seen since um, uh, Bret Hart in WWF in the late nineties. Naito, when he is more heelish, when he's more L I J esque, the Osaka crowd gives him so much shit because they believed in him when he was, you know, the fiery baby face uh, uh, as it was called then the stardust genius. Uh, They want him to be that they want him to follow the rules. They want him to, to be that good guy again. So you'd have these moments where it's clearly like, okay, you know, this is where Naito's supposed to be looking like, you know, the good guy, but he's just getting streamed with booze, but you would only see that in Osaka. If that match were anywhere else in Japan, they'd be behind him. But Osaka 
thinks he's he can be better than he is, and I think well, that's spitting such an at Jericho definitely didn't uh, help stop the booze. Fair, fair. <laughs> I, that being said, you know, if that were at Corican Hall in Tokyo, they'd be losing their shit, and I certainly yeah. was here in Baltimore, Maryland, doing backflips over it. Um, yeah, uh, just a great match, and and you know, to your point about Jericho, I, I think about Chris Jericho, and I I think it's so interesting how much of this like career defining work came later, you know, had he really just walked away from the business in, you know, the mid to late two thousands when it looked like he really did before he came back, you know, worked with Orton worked with Shawn Michaels and, and had all of his subsequent returns after if he had just left after that late nineties, early two thousands run in, in WWE, you'd go, he did great. Yeah. But you couldn't really make that argument as one of the all time greats. But when you look back and you just see all of the different incarnations we've had, you know, uh, you're on the list, Jericho, the coming out and saying nothing, Jericho, uh, uh, Alpha Club Jericho recently, uh, you know, best friends with uh, Kevin Owens, all these different versions and interpretations of Chris Jericho over the years. I think this guy's got more mileage out of his career and his characters in what for most guys would be the twilight of their career. Yeah. And he's just finding new ways to redefine it. Uh, yeah. it it's incredible. Now, because we, we're talking, we were talking about Mount Rushmore's, and uh, this was this was uh, you know the talk I had with Justin. He said uh, Hogan. Okay. He said Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put Jericho on there, and then it was kind of a toss up. Uh, I I would put Michaels up there just because sure. I'm on Michaels' mark. But it's you got to you got to think Michaels. You have Flair, um, who de- certainly deserves that fourth spot. Um, and then there's the rock floating out there and I I put, I put out the rock and mention it, but when you think about the rock, he was on top for two, three years right? and top, like top, 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 like electric sellouts, draws, merch, everything. But the majority of Dwayne Johnson's success, uh, career wise has been post wrestling. So as successful as he was in his run in WWF back in the day, it's not really fair um to the other wrestlers to put Dwayne Johnson up there so um Hogan you know Hogan you can't not put Hogan on there yeah and he he defined modern wrestling for better or for worse he did and you know he adapted to a new character and made you know a shit ton of money from it sold a boatload of t-shirts um and and made it work so he he definitely deserves uh to be up there i've had people say bret hart deserves to be up there and i i just don't see yeah, that I, I don't know he's he was a great technician and he was yeah. a decent promo and you know his career got cut short and it is a shame I'm, I, I would be curious to see you know what bret hart would look like had um uh, the concussion stuff not happened right. and had the stroke not happened. He's had some, some, some medical issues. So, you know, if, if Bret Hart had lucked into the um, health for a long, long career, like Jericho, then maybe he'd be up there. Yeah. But um, I, I still think he would probably be down under Jericho a little bit because Jericho uh, far better talker and getting the character and more variations of the character over more. Like when he came out in the suit was great. Jericho yeah. back in the day with his feud with Stephanie McMahon. And you mm-hmm. go back to cruiserweight Jericho, the, the um, conspiracy the, victim Jericho conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. The thousand hold man of a thousand and one holds Jericho. Like yeah. the guy is, is, you know, in the sh- nuclear stratosphere. I don't even know that's a fucking thing, but as high <laughs> up as you can go is Chris Jericho. And you know, the fact that he, 
started this match wasn't uh really a wrestling match there were wrestling moves in it but it was yeah. it was a brawl it was Flat a brawl for all out there at at dominion and i loved the aggression from jericho right off the bat not even letting naito you know take his clothes off he was still in his like full suit getting the shit beat out of him yeah. and uh you know uh pal driven through a table and all this other crazy shit uh and like oh the he, he uh suplex him through a propped up table too right the table mm -hmm. oh that table break did not look clean <laughs> oh that looked like it hurt like a motherfucker yeah yeah I, you know it, it's funny uh i i think just to double back real quick yeah. to the to the mount rushmore of wrestling it's interesting to think about how that would be perceived outside of wrestling versus those you know who are in the, the, the hardcore wrestling fan bubble because I'm thinking about, you know, your your Ric Flair's obviously the Undertaker, I feel like still has kind of I mean, he maybe didn't have the highs sure. uh, of an Austin or Rock, but he has been a rock to the WWF for nearly 3 decades. Yeah. Um, I think with time, a John Cena could be in contention for that. Uh, it, it's really interesting cuz you know, you said about how The Rock only had so much time up top. Steve Austin similarly didn't have a super long time up top, especially if you think about how often he was out on injuries, but he was defining of an era like, yeah. uh, like Hogan, which is also why I would think maybe do you put a, a Ric Flair in there because he's really defining of seventies wrestling and eighties yeah. wrestling. I don't know. Terry Funk also comes to mind. It, it's hard to boil it down to four. And, and that's the hard part of it. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, without yeah. a lot of coercion, I could probably replace Shawn Michaels with Ric Flair on yeah. the Mount Rushmore. Um, you know, Shawn reinvented himself a number of times. And uh, in terms of match quality in that era, consistently unmatched. I mean, really, I think the work that Okada and Omega have done kind of unseat Shawn Michaels uh, in terms of, of work rate that really defines. Wow. <laughs> I, I, right? I know. Yeah. It, it's you know it's uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to omega nokata yeah, but yeah. um you know there there are some things about Shawn michaels um that that could you know allow me to be talked out of putting him on my, my mount rushmore but he's my favorite so i want to i want to i want right, to put him right. up there and I, it's I'm all subjective sure. that's that's the fun thing about this argument is that everybody comes at it from a different angle and with different favorites and with different uh, experiences and memories watching these wrestlers like when we you know if you go back and listen to those patreon episodes we did talking about our uh top wrestlemania matches and top mm -hmm. moments of raw they're skew skewed to our favorite performers you know because yeah, very much so. subjective. it's a fucking list so that's that's the fun part about having these conversations uh is you know you're, you're more open to hearing what other people are talking about and maybe it'll change your mind yeah absolutely and uh you know let's go back to it two guys who give them the time they could make arguments for being on at least someone's mount rushmore pro wrestling uh the the match that I, I didn't know if it could be as good as it was. Uh, I know. The, for the fourth time, IWGP title on the line. Kazuchika, uh, ah, as I mispronounce his name, I'll just say Okada. Okada, yeah. Omega, round four. Yeah. Two out of three falls, no time limit. Nearly 70 minutes yeah. of professional wrestling. It's reinvented the heralded star ranking <laughs> as they are now six stars, six and a half stars, five and change, yeah. and seven stars in yeah. their series. Uh, 
wow. <laughs> like, I, that's the only way I can put it. I, I, I was blown away. I love Okada. I love Omega. I thought they had their best matches behind them, and that's yeah. not out of out of thinking. Either one of them have lost a step. No, it's what could they do to top it? Right, and sure enough, there it was. <laughs> oh my god, they uh, figured it out, and it had it had to be the way it was. It had to end that way. Um, you know, 70, 70 minutes of 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 just beating the shit out of each other and re- the most clever reversals some of which you know that i've ever seen and yeah. uh brutality and and selling and Story exhaustion telling. and collapsing and 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 you know pep talks from your from your corner and and so many things went into this it was kind of it, it was you know just what it was supposed to be a culmination. It took the best parts of the three prior matches, uh, right. turned them up another degree or two, and and jumbled them together for a fucking masterpiece. And and it was that perfect confluence of right place, right time, which is which is what everyone in professional wrestling strives to do. Yeah. It's not just about the competitors in the ring. It's about having that right match at the right time, right pairing, right guys, right decision. And and it was, you know, uh, I remember coming off of Wrestle Kingdom. I really wanted Naito to to win the IWGP title there. I thought mm-hmm. the story was clear and perfect. And when yeah. he lost, I was kind of bummed. I didn't know what was coming down the path. Sure. And this perhaps is proof beyond anything else that when you know we as the IWC complain when bookers say let the story play out, maybe we should listen every so we often. We know nothing. We are Jon Snow. Exactly. Exactly. We're clueless that we're banging our aunt. We we are <laughs> we are we know wait, wait, fuck wait. all about pro wrestling. <laughs> we know fuck all about how this is supposed to work. And Omega is 32, 33 years old. Yeah. And so is Okada. O- Okada's 31. 31. Yeah. These guys haven't even shown us the best they can do. And here they are redefining what professional wrestling is in the year 2018. It's it's truly uh, an impressive feat. You know, I was I was exhausted at the end of watching it. I'm sitting here in a chair watching it on a laptop and right. I'm exhausted. And I can only imagine what those two men's bodies felt like that night and the next day and yeah. the day after that yeah. when all the, uh, you know, all the, the stiffness and soreness set in, um, you know, Omega's. I don't know if Omega really hurt his ribs or if that was just a really good sell job throughout the rest of the match when he got yeah. kicked onto the guardrail. Uh, but bless his heart, man. He, he, you know, if that wasn't uh, legit, he sold the shit out of it and sold yeah. me on it. I'll buy a ketchup, ketchup popsicle and white gloves. Um, <laughs> the, you want to get a good look at a, at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but I'd rather take the bull's word for it. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the the reversals and you know it's a two out of three falls match and ninety eight point nine eight percent of those matches go to the third fall. Um, so you kind of knew it was going to happen, but I was I was invested from the start because yeah. you know you don't know who's gonna who's gonna go up first. Um, and Okada going up first probably was the the right call because then you, they really fired up Omega uh, right. to, to get it going and man when they when they you know they really ramped it up in the second fall in the third fall 
it was kind of, oh man, what what do they have left? What can they, you know, what what kind of energy reserves do they have to be able to pull out any kind of maneuver to put the other person away? And if they did pull out the maneuver, do they have enough energy to go for the pin? Right. It was just right. so well executed. I I was sucked into it the entire time. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, just the the storytelling even after the match, yeah. uh, the, uh, just the subtle things. You know, the the fact that when the young bucks came out. Omega was being handed the belt from, I think it was uh, Nick Jackson and he didn't take the belt. He went to hug Nick Jackson instead. Yeah. The, the ref was, the ref was, uh, was oh, giving him the belt. That he, that he went for that instead. Yeah. That, that, you know, uh, Abushi and, uh, thanks to the internet with their eyes, noticing this as all four guys are walking up the ramp, you know, at the end of the show, Abushi has his eyes locked on the IWGP title. Yeah, that's because that's stuff. what it's about. And, good and stuff we're right having there. the G1 season, and the winner of G1 gets a shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, uh, the the fact that Cody pops up at the end and decides, you know what, I'm not getting involved. I'm letting him have this moment. Uh, yeah. And and the the very I, I don't know if you caught this. Uh, right at the end of the show, uh, you know, when, after they were going through all the post show stuff, there was that shot of the one Okada dollar on the yeah. ramp, yep. and it, it it just said it all. You know that this this epic reign is done. You know that this guy who set the record of defenses and length of reign, and you know all these things, this unbeatable champion has been beaten, and yeah. and I don't Plus, think that, technically. Yeah, uh, I I or don't really three times. Fair, <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's been vanquished. He's been yeah. beaten. He's human conditioning. You know the the story they were telling about how um, Omega was training harder than he ever had, and uh, Okada yeah. was relaxing and centering himself and fishing. In yeah. that the story that he wasn't going to uh, have the conditioning to be able to finish the match, and that played into it. Exactly. Um, the, the fact the, that the cockiness got to him. Right. The fact that Ibushi was in his corner. Omega Omega's corner um, for the first time and not the young bucks who have been in his corner for all these other huge matches. Right. They let uh, Ibu uh, Kota Ibushi out there for that. And the fucking video before Omega made his entrance was so spectacular. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, Omega and Ibushi staring at each other long, giving them, giving each other that I want to fuck you so hard eyes. Um, it was just such a great, like subtly gay or well, not subtle. It was pretty gay. Um, They're called the golden lovers, Chris. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and I love it. I love that. It's, right, right. That it's okay. And it's, uh, you know, accepted. And it's a thing that people are behind. Yeah. Before we started recording this, uh, I had a you know I finished uh, cleaning up for after dinner a little early, so I threw on the photo shoot on the WWE Network with Goldust. Yeah, and uh, you know he was going through his career, and it's funny because my you know my wife has only been watching wrestling since we've been together. It's about five five or six years, so she doesn't know about old Goldust. She only knows right. you know buzz cuts, you know come out in the full suit with the the you know the Darth Maul face paint gold dust. Mm -hmm. So we're watching these you know old gold dust things. He's you know talking about getting the call from Vince and uh, you know agreeing to do this androgynous character without knowing what androgynous means. <laughs> and then the fact that he's in this match with Savio Vega and he has you know his back uh, to Savio Vega's front in the corner and he just like you know shimmies his ass on him and talking about how like you know that now that's not that big a deal. But back in 1994 
in uh you know peoria or fucking right, right. people Alabama. were losing their minds that was a big deal yeah. so you know to to bring it back to the golden lovers that there's a team called the golden lovers and that they are um you know lovers yeah <laughs> it's pretty yeah. explicit that they are that they love each other uh it's it's actually it's it's pretty great and i and uh, i'm i'm all i'm a big fan of that yeah yeah to to have something that progressive and and have something uh where literally you can buy the shirt at hot topic i know i know so weird but uh the golden elite now exists uh as as we have kota abushi kenny omega and the young bucks uh teaming up together as, as a stable and i i guess we're finally gonna see uh, you know, talking about what's coming up post Dominion, we're finally going to see uh, Kenny and Cody yeah. square off for the IWGP title. Yeah. Uh, they had a match, of course, WrestleMania weekend for Ring of Honor, which Cody uh, won, which Cody won. And now at San Francisco at the Cow Palace, they're going to throw down for the belt. Uh, so we'll see what, what ends up happening there. I assume this is going to be an easy win for Kenny Omega. I assume. I, yeah, I mean, what, you, who the hell knows at this point? You can't tell this what two, three year story and then have them lose it. The uh, you know four weeks later to to Cody Rhodes, can you? I mean, you can, but who do knows? You? All, all I know is apparently Kenny and the Bucks had you know uh, creative control over this angle, over okay. this story. Right. Uh, and props to them because it's one of the most effective storylines I've True. seen in a while. Uh, but just just incredible stuff, uh, an incredible show. Highly recommend you go out of your way to see it. Yeah, Th this is all I'm going to say. And I recognize we were talking about spending money on our Patreon earlier. Uh, fact is this: it's nine dollars for a New Japan World subscription. You or you can go on other websites and find ways to see this. Just <laughs> just, just be the damn show. It yeah. is so good. If you've never watched New Japan before, give it a shot. Yeah, Just give it a shot. I'm uh, not even saying watch the 70 minute uh, Omega Okada match. You should, but you don't have to. You, you should watch Jericho <laughs> Naito. Wa watch Osprey Takahashi. Uh, watch Young Bucks against Lij. It, it was such a good show. It was. It was, especially those last, you know, three and a half hours. And as we transition out of New Japan, just one other quick little note. Chris Jericho, the new uh, IWGP Intercontinental Champion, will not be at the Cow Palace. So he says. So he says, um, you know what? On, on this, on this, I kind of believe him. I, and I know Jericho's really good at misleading people. He's mm -hmm. pretty much the best at it these days. He's really good at blurring the lines and kind of keeping kayfabe alive with it. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of feel, uh, and I, again, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like, you know, he really does not want to take U.S. bookings to, to keep his relationship with Vince in good standing. I mean, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of history there. You know, Vince has made Chris Jericho a lot of money and vice versa. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have a feeling that, you know, with all the stuff that Jericho was doing, you know, the New Japan stuff, the crew stuff um, with Ring of Honor, and now he's teasing stuff with Impact, getting involved with the crews too. Now yeah. he's also teasing, uh, tagging with the Bucks on the cruise. Um, Crazy so, things can happen on international waters, Chris. This is true. So a lot of stuff happens, but I still, I you know, maybe it's the mark in me. I just want to believe uh, that that Chris Jericho is not going to show up at the Cow Palace, but, you know, yeah. I'm probably fucking wrong because I know dick about this stuff. Pay we, me anyway. We will see uh, July 7th. The Cow Palace show will be live on Access. Check yeah. your cable uh, directory for that because uh, it, it's going to be a real fun show. Even yeah. if it's not as good quality as Dominion was, it'll be a fun, fun show to watch. Um, so that was Saturday morning. Yes. Saturday night. CM Man. Punk 
return to the octagon uh, in front of a hometown crowd as he faced Mike Jackson. Sure, uh, yeah. Man, how do we break into this? I will start by saying I was wrong. He did not die. He did not get murdered. AJ Lee is not a widow. Sorry, nerds. Um, but, you know, he had the first match of the night. Um, and it was, you know, well, first match of the pay-per-view proper. They were prelims right. as, right. you know, there's always a pre-show. Uh, but first match of the pay-per-view proper, which was good because I didn't feel like watching a lot of those other matches. Although Andre Orlovsky did have a match, which he lost by decision. I'm a big Andre Orlovsky fan from back when old school UFC days. Um, but anyway, Punk. You know, came out, called a personality. He looked he looked focused, but he also looked tired. Um, especially yeah. in the promo. Did you did you watch the match? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, so yeah, the, the promo video, man, that last shot of him with like looks like just super uh dark bags under his eye under yeah. his eyes. He looked yeah. way out of his league. And turns out, yeah, he's way out of his league. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like if this at one point in the match, maybe in the second round, um, I, I turned to Justin and I said, I wouldn't be surprised if old Phil Brooks threw this Mike Jackson fell a couple bucks under the table and said, just let me go to the decision here. Because Mike Jackson could have ended that match, if not in the first round, 100% in the second round. Uh, you yeah. know, first yeah. round, Punk actually got, you know, a couple good hits in and a good takedown at the end. First uh, round, I thought, holy shit. Yeah. He may actually know what he's doing in there. Right. And I say this before it gets brought up as a completely unskilled, terribly unathletic, horrible hand-eye coordination having white dude. I understand. I'm a terrible human being. However, I'm not a professional fighter like he was claiming to be that night. And for one round, he had me. Yeah. One round. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he finished the first. I'm like, all right. He made it out of the first round. Let's go. All right. <laughs> hey, let's then, do this, punk. Come then on. you saw him back in his corner and he was just sucking in air. And he was like, <sighs> not, not all in it. And by the, you know, for, by two minutes into the second round, he was, his punches had lost 80% of their velocity. Yeah. And dude, he was blown up. Um, And, you know, like I said, this, this Mike Jackson fellow who I think only got this match because of um, the story that Mickey Gall, the one who beat Punk, beat this guy to get the fight against Punk. So right. it made sense for him to fight this guy. He had never fought in UFC before, and per Dana White, will never again because Dana uh, said afterwards that this is probably the last time we'll see either of those two competitors yeah. in an ultimate fighting uh, championship octagon. Punk, you know, he had his chance. He's just um, too old and and didn't uh, didn't adapt and wasn't able to, to pull it out. Pay per view buy rates be damned. Which you know, if you're if you're listening to Uncle Dave saying that the buy rates weren't even that great as compared to the first time. Yeah. Um, so Punk, you know, he had his uh, two and done. Whether or not he continues to fight, maybe for another organization, um, who knows? Uh, as of right now, it doesn't seem like pro wrestling is even a thought in his mind um, yeah. aside from doing the pro wrestling T signing. Uh, but that's, you know, a little bit different. He has a relationship with PWT and they make uh, you know, they make his shirts and he makes a fair amount of money off that, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not expecting to see him at all in sure. It could happen. He could surprise me, but even the Corey Graves meltdown post punk match kind of leads me to believe even more that punk is just a million percent done with wrestling. Yeah, I, I thought the the meltdown, as it were, was really strange. Uh, 
I I certainly understand Corey Graves having the issues with punk that he does. If, if what he is saying is true, there was a later uh, article on uh, fightful.com uh, where they got some comments, exclusive comments from Graves uh, yeah. about the situation. Um, you know, falling out with friends is shitty. Uh, yep. Falling out with friends in the public eye is probably even worse. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't really know how how to respond to it. Like if 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 what Graves is saying is true, just going off of that concept, sure. doesn't make Punk sound like the best dude. We've always yeah. heard stories yeah. that he's kind of a prick. Um, this would go along with that. In that same regard, I don't know how good a look it is on Corey Graves to air that publicly, right. let alone at the time that he did. That's not to say there's a better time to do it. Wow. Uh, just in general, I thought it was a little tacky. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. As for punk after this, uh, the only thought that's in my head, uh, besides, you know, someone like Bellator or, uh, you know, any number of what's it, Invictus or whatever the Shit. other, yeah. uh, you know, lower rate MMA companies are, are named anyway. Uh, the, the thought that hit me was so way back when punk first got announced, like the, mm -hmm. at, at the pay-per-view where he showed up and said, I'm going to be fighting in the UFC. Right. Uh, the thing I remember about when I found out was I was doing an art fight show and there was a guy in the crowd who's a regular to our shows. He knows I'm a wrestling nerd. We're on the half time part of the show. I walk out to grab you know something to drink. He and I are chatting and he goes, hey, punk just said that he's going to be a part of UFC. And I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm not quite sure. I'm just piecing it together from Twitter. He says, I think maybe he's doing commentary or something. Mm. And all I could think was, that's perfect. Yeah. Because CM Punk proved multiple times he's great on commentary. Absolutely. It's clear he has a passion for MMA. And I think he'd be a great replacement for the absolutely wackadoo Joe Rogan. <laughs> Man, that guy looks like he's just on a different planet. It's all those supplements which you can buy through JoeRoganPodcast.com <laughs> or whatever his address is. Pass. Uh, anyway. Hard pass. I thought that's what Punk was doing. So yeah. when I got home that night and found out, no, wait, Phil Brooks is hopping in the octagon. I went, oh, that's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. I think he would make an excellent commentator for UFC. He's got the gift of gab. Shit. He kind of also looks like Corey Graves when he's in a suit. And, you know, I, I think he'd do a really, really good job. You know, talking about he's been in the octagon, he's been in a fight, like he's actually Two, been yeah, in there. One and a half. Yeah, well, still, he's been in a fight. And yeah, you can talk about his record and you can talk about how poorly he did, but it gives him a perspective that most sure. guys wouldn't have. And also, most guys who do have that perspective probably sound like they're missing a few brain cells when you let them talk at length. Yeah. So I feel like that would be a really great career transition for him. So if I'm Dana White. Maybe that's what I'd respond to that phone call yeah. with. That's that's not a bad call. You know, I mean, it's not going to I don't think it's going to get any extra eyes on it. But, yeah. you know, it gets a, you know, a good talker, like you said, and somebody who, uh, you know, could probably use another steady stream of income. Not that he's strapped for cash by any means, yeah. um, you know, but not doing anything. Um, you know, that stuff kind of slows down once you're used to a certain amount of, uh, of dough rolling in, I would imagine. 
<laughs> but uh but yeah no that, yeah. that does make sense for punk maybe he, you know maybe he writes more comics maybe he you know just pops up for a signing every couple months at pwt to make a, a shit ton of money uh yeah. you know you know he he's got possibilities is whatever he wants to do but it just doesn't seem like pro wrestling is it and you know what it's okay yeah. you know i i get it it's fine there's a lot of other people now in pro wrestling that i want to see succeed so somebody you know if, if punk comes back is he going to be the person turn into the person that he always said he uh, didn't want to be? Does he, you know, when you're uh, when you go back to that punk and rock um, mm-hmm. uh, feud at Royal Rumble uh, six years ago or something like that? Yeah. Um, when he, you know, said you're the, you know, the, the part timer and stuff like that, taking spot away from a guy, does he become that guy? You know, it kind of happened to John Cena. John Cena is right. now the part timer right. that he attacked the rock for being, uh, too. So I guess that was a common thread in the rocks matches, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, you, we can relive his great moments on the WWE network. His documentaries up there too. If you go to the, uh, that section in the network. So, you know what? If Punk hangs it up for good and just never is seen in public again, that's fine too. You know what? Yeah. We, we, thanks for the memories. He's earned it. He's yeah. earned it. You know what? Go enjoy uh, your life with your beautiful wife uh, and count your dollar bills, read your comic books. You know what? I'm, I'm jealous of that life. So, exactly. um, you know, go live your dream. So, uh, all right. So after that, uh, brought us Raw and SmackDown on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, both were the go-home shows to Money in the Bank and yeah. both generally felt like the same show uh platters there were some promos there were matches uh, do we have to have people always do the hey money in the bank is this sunday so let's all stand on ladders together promo apparently and i fucking hate it uh Uh, it's 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 cheesy everybody talks over each other it's it's a it's a dreadful segment that usually goes on too long they did it a little bit better on smackdown you know they at least weren't standing on ladders uh but it was sort still sort of the same kind of everybody has a chance to talk and talk about yeah and, and and that that's that's the thing that drives me crazy like I'm I'm essentially echoing a, a talking point of, of Dave Meltzer this week, but it, it it's one that I've had the hardest time defining about what feels so off off putting about segments like that. Mm-hmm. Not not to go into the the highly beloved smart field of New Japan versus WWE, right? But Kenny Omega cut that promo after the big match, and it felt honest it felt real hell kenny omega xavier woods cut promos after their e3 street fighter battle felt honest felt real felt like it was just a person talking to a microphone to say what they were thinking at that time compared to raw where ladders were set up for some reason Mm -hmm. no logical reason besides we're gonna have them talk at each other and then they proceed to talk at each other and, and over if, each other and over each other. And if the tension has such a fever pitch and these are, uh, you know, professional athletes, as let's say uh, Conor McGregor could tell us, uh, you probably get mad and start throwing things at each other. But instead, no, we're just going to yell at each other in yeah. the microphones like there, there is such a disconnect from reality that is frustrating about segments like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not how people talk. That's not, <laughs> that's not real life. Right, and I right. know. It, 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 yeah. It's pro wrestling, but you want a sense of at least a little bit. And I'm saying this as the Lucha underground fan, which we're going to get into in a minute. Yeah. You want a sense of reality. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's a little... the weirdest thing to ask for, but 
I I care more when when people clearly care, <laughs> you know, right. not just yeah. those on screen, but those behind yes. the scenes. That that's what makes real pro wrestling so great. You know, those those moments of fake reality that come through. I mean, uh, you know, SmackDown they finally aired that sweet backstage promo that Daniel Bryan did on yeah. TV. Yeah, and why was that promo so great? Because you could tell Brian felt it. And yeah, he said something really cheesy about his shin bone. But the fact is, it felt like it came from him. It felt like it came from his head, not this idea of someone yeah. like, you know, it'd be really funny if we just set up all these ladders in a ring and have them yell at each other. Yeah. And that that joke is so in is so Daniel Bryan's sense of humor that yeah, right. it, you know, as bad as it was, as dad joke and cringy as it was, it's a hundred percent Brian Danielson. So that's that that's what makes it even more um endearing. You know, it's funny, we were watching uh Total Bells <clears throat> and um mm-hmm. there was a segment where um the twins got their mom to do a uh, weather forecast in front of a green screen for their fucking college that she had to drop out of because she got pregnant with twins because she was a whore. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, maybe, maybe not. I don't know the whole story. Throw a mama. Bella. I'm assuming. So, um, so she's like practicing how to do weather and you know, she's like, Brian, just can you, can you show me how you can do stuff like this? And Brian goes up off the top of his head and just cuts like, you know, a, a great weather forecast and total Daniel Bryan's sort of uh speak and sense of humor and tone and, and, and diction and stuff like that. And it was, it was great. Like it, I watched that show and I enjoy that show because I get to see Daniel Bryan be Daniel Bryan. And he's such yeah. a wonderful human being right. that I enjoy seeing the contrast of Daniel Bryan with the Bella clan. Um, the contrast is hysterical. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh, that was that not in a lot of stuff from the heart. And then big Cass is fucking too tall to ride this, not tall enough to ride this ride thing was cringe tastic yeah that needs to end um so yeah not a lot of not a lot of good stuff we can talk any other uh, good points on that on the uh on the patreon as we gear up for for takeover and for uh money in the bank this sunday but the this week was a, yeah. a long time in the making Finally. for myself uh, highly hotly anticipated and i apologize i do apologize to the uh followers of ours on social media at roughhouse sgw and facebook.com slash the roughhouse podcast if it seemed a wee bit heavy on the lucha underground over the past uh five days lucha or week. so it was lucha week i was very it excited was week. i've been sitting on these interviews <laughs> with these performers for three months now yeah so i was very excited to to put them together and get them out there i don't know if anybody listened to them or not but uh you know, Joey Ryan and 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 Cobra Moon and Lucha Underground, they all they were all retweeted and we got a couple more followers out of it. So that um, that's awesome. That's a good thing. And, you know, I, I really had fun going out there, as you could imagine. And as I've spoken about before and experiencing it live. And I was very curious to see how everything would equate to the live show uh, yeah. or to the, to the tape show on, you know, from the live show to TV, because it's not always you know, the same, you go to a WWE event, it's completely different than um, watching it at home. So obviously the biggest difference is you don't hear the commentary. Um, You know, Matt Stryker and Vampiro were back. Vampiro has hair now. So that cat's out of the bag. Uh, You know, he's changing up his look a little bit. Did you watch any of Lucha? I'm assuming not. Uh, No, I I unfortunately do not have the El Rey network. So I I was not able to. But but please, please tell me about it. I mean, look, I, I knew about some of this because uh, I was I was one of the sullied and I read about what happened. 
Right. Uh, so I'm just going to ask the first question that came to mind when uh, <laughs> when I read the spoilers. Chris, how are you feeling about Antonio Cueto? Marty, how do you think I feel about Antonio Cueto? I think you love Antonio Cueto and you <laughs> want to be your new dad. Love Antonio Cueto. <laughs> so the show opened with a recap of the end of um, season three where Dario gets shot by um, Godfrey, the comedian, who is playing the uh, a, a FBI agent who's also a member of the Order, um, who is, you know, the, the, this master plan of uh, starting the battle between all the tr- Aztec tribes and the one who gave the power gauntlet to Dario, which then he gave to Cage, which mm. then was stolen by King Cuerno. So following along with that so they show dario getting shot and with his last dying breath dario calls his father and you can hear hijo hijo which is son son on the other end of the of the phone so you knew uh papa cueto was gonna pop off so the season opens in a funeral home with uh papa cueto and um said uh godfrey the comedian uh which is still so funny seeing him do that um talking about Dario's death and um, you know, that he now he's in control of the temple and it has to be a new temple. And he kind of pulls the Odin and says, um, you know, as God is not a place, it's a people. And he kind of pulls that with, uh, with Lucha, you know, as long as the Aztec seal is in the middle of the ring, it's the temple. So, <coughs> excuse me, I can't do that. Um, so obviously, it's the same actor playing Papa Cueto. Pull the uh-huh. curtain back a little bit. If you haven't picked up on that, then get your uh, fucking eyes fixed. Uh, but he's got this this gruff accent and long gray hair and this uh, this gray beard. And he's got uh, like a glass eye in his left eye. It's really like cloudy and, gl- and he's got a little scar um, under his eye. So I'm curious to see if that gets fleshed out at all in any of the, um, uh, you know, uh, background stuff, the vignettes and stuff like that. So he comes out to the new temple, uh, to the new crowd. Everything looks great and new and says that um, the show is going to kick off the season with Aztec Warfare. Yeah. The first thing is Aztec Warfare, which is a fucking blockbuster announcement and got me super stoked, even more stoked. Uh, Aztec Warfare, in case you don't know, is their version of the Royal Rumble. There are 20 competitors. I'm not going to say men because they do um, intergender stuff on Lucha. Male and female yeah. and robot and spaceman. And <laughs> dragon and, and and reptile and snake and butterfly and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and pissed off ninja skeletons too. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the title is up for grabs. So Pentagon, uh, is going to defend his, uh, Lucha underground title in Aztec warfare. And he also starts off by calling out the Mac and kill shot. Dante Fox was not there for whatever reason. I'm curious to see how they, um, how they write that off and how, why he wasn't there. I don't know if it was an injury. Cause I spoke to mm-hmm. Dante Fox. He was, there um and the interviews posted so <laughs> he was there i'm not sure what kind of stuff is happening with that but he kind of took the title off of dante fox and gave it to the number three competitor in aztec warfare as the mac and kill shot were one and two and that ended up being son of havoc so son of havoc just lucked into another um trio's tag championship so good for him son of Havoc's great matt cross fine performer um 
so then the Aztec warfare happens and um, Pentagon comes out relatively early. He racks up a boatload of eliminations mm-hmm. and Aztec warfare is not an over the top rope battle Royal type thing yet. You, you, you eliminate people by pinfall or submission. So this allows for a lot more of the crazy Lucha Libre sort of stuff that we've become accustomed to. Um, we had the return of Chavo Guerrero Jr. to the temple mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. to this new temple. And I think the way they're going to write that off is that, you know, he was banned from the old temple. Dario. Yeah, was loser leaves that temple in Correct. particular it's like yes. the no homers club yeah yes we're allowed to have one exactly so, uh so yeah chavo was back uh we had king cuerno return uh with mm-hmm. long hair now it's like falling out the back of his mask and he looks total badass he hit the uh the fucking um his tope suicida is or not he slingshots himself through the second and third rope yeah. um and yes the most amazing one he gets so far with so much velocity it's it's the uh, it's 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 amazing to watch uh who else was in there marty demarth was in there we mm-hmm. had chavo we had um um uh, mariposa mm-hmm. who is um uh marty's uh sister we also had uh who else came out christ now i'm blanking on everybody uh hernandez um, was in there oh, <laughs> he came back hernandez God, i hate for hernandez hey hey he's, he's no longer in impact wrestling limbo He's terrible. Uh, I did not enjoy seeing him Johnny there. Mundo. Oh, Johnny Mundo was out there. You had Mr. Pectacular, who, yeah. uh, what's his name in Impact? Uh, Jesse Goddard. Goddard. That's it. Yeah, I don't know much about that guy, but his name is Mr. Pectacular. Yeah. In Lucha Underground, which I found to be quite amusing. Uh, didn't do a whole ton of a lot, but um, we also had uh, Sammy Callahan. Uh, sorry, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Green. Green. Yeah. Bill yeah. Muertes, uh, my dude, who got eliminated rather quickly and unfortunately, but then afterwards, Katrina uh, kind of stormed off on him. So curious to see how that pans out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Mac, uh, Odaga came back mm-hmm. as part of the, she's part of the reptile tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix had a great showing in there as well. Um, and then Vibora came out uh, from the reptile tribe after Daga got eliminated. He wasn't in the actual match, but he came out to eliminate, um, I believe Johnny Mundo who mm-hmm. eliminated Daga. Mm-hmm. So we had that El Dragon Azteca jr. Also out there. Um, who am I missing? Do you have the list in front of you? It looks like you uh, do. I, I do. I do have the list in front of me. Good man. I'm uh, just going off memory from a couple. Yeah, of no, no, you, you're doing an excellent job. The one you forgot though, the real game changer for oh, Luke Tommy Dreamer. Tommy fucking Dreamer. Here's the that mini They're coming for you. They're coming <laughs> for you. They got the whole house of hardcore inside the abandoned refrigerator factory. They're taking down the WWE. It wasn't a refrigerator going factory. Down. Whatever the fuck it is, I just know it. I just I didn't know that it, something could look worse than the old temple. But here's oh. this thing. Oh, <laughs> it's different. It's got a different feel to it. It's a little. Yeah, more... now we got fat old white dudes who used to bleed for dollars. Awesome. <laughs> look, Tommy Dreamer is going to attract some people. And, you know, as as a uh, as a marketing uh, perspective, it makes sense to have him come in. You know, he's not under contract right now for WWE. Let him come in, do a couple fun spots and have a good time with it. And that's that's what he did. Yeah. All I really know about Tommy Dreamer is that dude enjoys himself a tall, dark, iced coffee. Oh, that's right. You had a run in with him at uh, at Starbucks at Starbucks. And let me tell you, watch you, Tommy Dreamer. Order at Starbucks is the way Shakespeare's meant to be performed, man. <laughs> Doth yeah. mother know you ordered a vente. 
Good lord, you can just tell the concussion syndrome's hitting them pretty hard. Oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, Pentagon retained the title. He's still Lucha Underground champion and will defend it next week against Papa Cueto's son, the one that's alive, Matanza. Monster Matanza Cueto. So next week we get a title match. Uh, Matanza and uh, Pentagon Cerro Miedo, Dark uh, Zero Firo, uh, pissed off Ninja Skeleton dude who is super fucking over. <laughs> hey man, it only took him three seasons to realize he was the best thing they had. Yeah, I know. It's uh, uh, yeah. Well, so so I, I will ask you the important question. Okay. Christoph, as the Number one, a number one, top of the list. Yeah, Lucha Underground fanboy. Uh huh. Was it a good start to the season? It was good. It was good. It was a good start. As Aztec Warfare is one of my favorite things. I was kind of hoping I would get to see it live when I was out there. Uh, but they started the season out with it. It was. It was. There was some great action in there. Some uh, a lot of kicks and strikes and knees and and slams. Um, good stuff. I'm excited to see where it pans out. I'm I'm really excited to see how we get from what we saw on this week's episode to what I saw live, which mm-hmm. is some really crazy shit. So I'm curious to see how the story fleshes out between now and then. So I'm very excited. It'll be on every Wednesday at 8 PM on the L Ray network, Lucha underground. Uh, if you haven't gotten in on it, please get in on it. It is great shit. Or, you know, just don't and watch other things. Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the rough, house, rough pod. house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay hey this is the rock shut your mouth jabronis and listen up because this is the rough house podcast with justin and my least favorite man on the planet christoph and Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Do you have an upcoming no DQ, barbed wire steel cage, first blood, loser leaves town, tampon on the pole, boiler room brawl, ambulance buried alive, casket gauntlet, a stretcher match coming up? Then you need to visit the Foreign Object Warehouse for all of your foreign object needs. Need a sack full of thumbtacks? We got it. A baseball bat wrapped in bacon and barbed wire? We got it. A 2 by 4 with a nail in it? We got it. A kendo stick? We got it! A guitar to support your rock or country star gimmick? We got it! A bedpan for those visits to the local medical facility? We got it! Gardening shears a la Brutus Beefcake? We got it! An Irish shillelagh for St. Patrick's Day? We got it! A bullwhip, urn, scepter, cane, megaphone, nightstick, sledgehammer, or brass knuckles? We get it! That's right, Foreign Object Warehouse is your one-stop shop for any and all foreign objects you might need before heading up to the big upcoming show. Conveniently located at 303150 Generic Boulevard in Parts Unknown, Foreign Object Warehouse is here to arm you to ensure a dirty victory. Where the only thing foreign to us is high prices. Foreign object warehouse. Foreign object warehouse. Foreign object warehouse. Where cheaply manufactured tables, ladders, and chairs are born. 
Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse will not be held responsible if you lose via disqualification, get buried alive, run over by a gold Lincoln, or go blind from a face full of baby powder.